welcome to the IOD's Director's Briefing Podcast. This podcast is produced by the IOD's Policy Unit and provides timely updates, insights and commentary on the key issues of the day impacting business leaders. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Director's Briefing Podcast. My name is Hugo Lee, the Communications and Stakeholder Relations Lead at the Institute of Directors. And today I'm joined by Emma Rowland, a Policy Advisor for Trade at the IOD. Hello, Emma. Hi, Hugo. Emma, you recently wrote a policy paper called um, Restoring Confidence in Cross-Border Trade. Can you tell me a bit more about what this paper is looking at? Uh, Yes, so the report looks at uh, the challenges that businesses are facing in terms of international trade and uh, provides a number of recommendations to government on how we think they can solve these challenges. Great, thank you very much. Um, You mentioned that there are some challenges that businesses are facing in terms Mm -hmm. of international trade. Um, In fact, through our member surveys, we know that 47% of members are still finding Brexit challenging. Um, And our research also tells us that 12% of businesses um, have an exportable product but aren't currently exporting. Can you tell us a bit more um, about your understanding of what businesses are struggling with? Yes. So, well, businesses have been put through this, I suppose, perfect storm of challenges over the last number of years. Um, The combination of Brexit, the pandemic, and then the war in Ukraine has presented importers and exporters with numerous barriers. Um, Many also feel very held back by our macroeconomic environment as well, in that since since many have had to scale back significantly in the face of uh, inflation and staff shortages, they therefore can't put as much resource into their international export strategy. Um, ONS data demonstrates this in that UK um, export recovery coming out of the pandemic has been very sluggish in comparison to other top economies. And as you mentioned, yet 47% of businesses are finding Brexit challenging at the moment. And actually, when we filter out those who said that they don't trade with the EU, that number jumps up to 60%. Um, this is pretty significant as the EU is the UK's closest and biggest market and one where businesses are familiar with the culture and uh, might have a network of contacts there already. Um, When we then asked those who said Brexit uh, is challenging, why? Why is Brexit challenging? The most common responses relate to the administrative burden, particularly customs controls and business travel. Um, So businesses now have to submit a lot of complex paperwork when sending and uh, receiving goods across the border, which they uh, didn't necessarily have to before. A lot of it is very difficult to understand. So many have turned to customs agents and intermediaries to deal with uh, these processes. Um, Others have had to hire extra staff within their own company. Um, And of course, both of these things have an extra cost involved. Administration is obviously very cumbersome. Um, and it takes a lot of time and resource for businesses. For this reason as well, businesses are often feeling at a competitive disadvantage in that if you're an EU company, um, well, why would you choose to do business with a UK company if there is that much administrative hassle involved? It's surely easier for them to look for business locally to them. 
Um, so businesses are saying that unless uh, they have the capacity to establish some kind of subsidiary or um, warehouse or distribution centre within the EU, um, they've lost business uh, with EU partners or clients. Similarly, Brexit is quite politically charged. Um, recent political instability and the political nature of our relationship with the EU now since Brexit has made it harder for businesses to think ahead. Um, just anecdotally, businesses have told me that they do sense a feeling of mistrust between the UK and the EU at a well at a governmental level, which of course doesn't inspire huge amounts of confidence. Um, yeah, so you said as well, 12% of businesses have an exportable product but aren't currently exporting. Uh, having spoken to many businesses about this recently, one of the, well, the primary reason is Brexit. Um, particularly for small businesses, the burden from Brexit is one they can't necessarily shoulder, where for larger businesses, customs controls are annoying. They're quite an inconvenience, but it's not the end of the world and uh, they're finding they're a bit more used to the situation now. So for similar reasons, I think smaller businesses are more disincentivized than bigger businesses to trade beyond the EU because they don't necessarily have the resources, the time to spend on overseas business and the knowledge to do so. Um, in our research, uh, government guidance has been a consistent source of hassle. It's complicated and it's often hard to find in the first place. Um, in some cases, businesses are finding it's inconsistent across different pieces as well. Um, I guess really what businesses want is someone, an expert in their region or industry or sector to be able to give them personalised advice or guidance over the phone or face to face. And often, yeah, they're finding that's quite hard to come by. Well, thanks for that, Emma. Our research also tells us that more businesses are expecting a growth in exports than a decrease, with 42% of businesses that trade internationally expecting to see an increase in their exports in the coming year compared with only 22% expecting a decrease. So there clearly are some reasons to be optimistic about future trading prospects. Um, what do these opportunities look like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's not all bad news. Um, our data shows, yeah, as you said, more businesses are anticipating growth in exports in the coming years than those who say they're expecting a decrease. And that is very positive in light of the challenges we have just discussed. Um, so I suppose part of it comes down to the fact that while the trading environment might not be the easiest at the moment, um, businesses are finding ways around many of the barriers. Um, and of course, businesses uh, do tend to be more optimistic about the prospects for their own growth um, than that of external factors. Um, well, they have control of their own internal decisions, don't they? Um Business activity has resumed after the pandemic, so things are sort of getting a little bit more back to normal. Um, and one good thing to come out of the pandemic is online working, which is great for services traders who now don't have to travel as much for business um, and particularly helpful since the free movement of people ended between the UK and the EU when we left the EU. So services traders can sell their service online much more easily. Um, the government is also signing uh, free trade agreements with partners across the globe. Um, so, for example, recent deals to be signed are with Australia and New Zealand. Um, and the deals are designed to remove both tariff and non-tariff barriers to trade. And so they therefore open up new markets for uh, firms to do business with because of the reduction of friction. 
Um, this is really beneficial for businesses entering new markets. I think businesses might not necessarily target a country specifically because the UK has a trade deal with that country. But if a deal is signed with a country they are doing business with, it does make it a whole lot easier. And there is also the perception of partnership that comes with free trade agreements. Um, So to some companies, yeah, a trade deal might just represent a handshake, but there is that perception that we then have shared interests and values on trade. Um, And within these deals, the government is including a chapter dedicated to SMEs, which is great. Um, They're designed to help smaller businesses engage with the trade deals and get as much out of the partnership as possible. Um, Yeah, it's this type of support that is really helpful to SMEs who maybe haven't exported beyond the EU before, so don't know know, how it all works. Um, Yeah, and then if customs and administration barriers have been a particular challenge for firms, the process of digitisation, so digitising border processes, will be a massive help. The government is currently developing a single trade window um, where it's a platform where traders can input their customs information just once to a digital platform coordinated by uh, all border agencies together. Um, It will store their data and it provides businesses with just one place where they submit customs work, which is very helpful. So when it's all up and running, it'll hopefully significantly reduce the time businesses spend working on border processes and therefore uh, speed up the process of sending and receiving goods across the border. So clearly your report uh, doesn't just look at the sort of state of play in terms of the international trading environment. It also makes a number of recommendations to government. Um, so how is it that government can alleviate some of the pressures that businesses are facing, um, as well as maximise the opportunities for growth? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is that the government needs to work better and more pragmatically with EU leaders, um, and especially work through some of these customs issues, which are slowing down uh, trade for businesses, you know, just remove the political sentiment from the whole thing and form a practical relationship. And then I think that sentiment will flow down to business confidence as well, um, encourage stability and growth. Um, speeding up the digitization process will really help to reduce friction um, faster, um, particularly customs related at the border. So we would call for the acceleration of the single trade window program. Um, I believe the aim is for it to be fully operational for all types of business uh, by 2027, which actually being five years away is still quite a long time. I think also the guidance piece is really important. Um, businesses often aren't aware of what guidance is available to them. So if the government can better communicate their guidance and support, that would be really helpful. Businesses have told me they are looking for guidance that is more sectoral, relevant to their industry, um, and guidance that supports them on the cultural and language barriers as well. And then following on from that, I think it would be really beneficial for government to monitor the impact of their assistance uh, to establish uh, so what is working, what is successful about the guidance, what could be you know what could be done better. So we are calling for the establishment of an SME committee to monitor the implementation of the SME chapters within uh, free trade agreements following the ratification of different deals. Um, I suppose that's the overall goal really is to restore confidence in trade and make cross-border business as 
seamless and simple as possible. Well, thank you, Emma, for talking to me about your report. Um, I know that you've also been talking to government and other key stakeholders about the findings and how to take them forward. Um, So if you would like to read more about the report, um, you can do so on our website. And there is a link to the report in the episode description. Great. Thanks, Hugo. Thank you, Emma. We hope that you have enjoyed this Director's Briefing podcast. Please do subscribe to our channel to ensure that you are kept up to date on our future podcasts. You can find more information about our work on our website at iod.com forward slash news and on our LinkedIn and Twitter profiles. You can also contact us directly via policy-unit at iod.com. Thank you.